0: Can I get a round of applause, everybody? Please clap. Please clap. Okay, Jeb Bush. (laughs) It's real! This is what we're saying. Today, boys, I am excited to announce that Manscaped have launched their ultra-premium collection. Believe it or not, it's not so... Oh, I fucked it up. (laughs) Well... It's not so. It's not so. We're leaving this in. We're leaving this in. It's for your not-so-private parts, gentlemen, which is what Manscaped takes care of best. I am still dealing with a somewhat numb face, and this is the best ad read we're ever going to have. So we're going to go for it. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man that covers you from head to toe. Literally. Manscaped is trusted. Blow the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping when you use code TUGI. Again, the ultra premium collection includes deodorant. Yes, deodorant. Actual armpit deodorant, a body wash, a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner that Endo and I have both been able to use. It's fantastic. Hydrating body spray slash lotion. It'll lather you up real nice. And the package comes with a free set of Manscaped lip balm. You can get that and more, of course, at manscaped.com. Use code TUGIA checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. Now let's get to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you watching on the video portion, you might have said, hmm, who's that fella? Who's that handsome fellow on screen? That's not Sin. And you'd be right, everybody. Welcome to the show, Davos. Woo. Oh, woot. He woos so for himself while Endo sits there. Endo, we have found your replacement. Look at how enthusiastic this man is. <laughs> I'm still here. What the fuck are you talking about?
1: <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> Sin's been replaced. Replace him with with, with Davos. <laughs> no, Sin's taking uh, Sin's like a little day, scheduled day off. Hope he's doing well. Uh, And we figured we're about to go live, uh, like full transparency. We're about about to go live and start recording this podcast. And randomly in our message, our our group message, Davos says, Hey, why don't we be on the pod? I'm like, why not today? He's like, why not? And then
0: just, here we are. Here we are. It was that simple. It was that easy. Now, Davos, buddy, pal of mine, we've been friends for a couple of years now.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Now, the thing is, though, I mean, in a sense, obviously, we've bonded over the EA NHL series, but we also have the the commentator gene that we share between the two of us. Oh, yeah. I mean, we might as well turn this into a little mini-interview before we talk about what happened over the weekend in terms of hockey. Why your not? start, let's, let's your start commentary-wise, your start on YouTube and Twitch. How'd that start?
2: Okay, so back... Uh, we actually can go back a lot farther than... than when LG stuff happened. Uh, 2012 is when I started my YouTube channel and started doing my, like, brand commentary. It wasn't good. It was, (laughs) I thought, terrible.
0: Is it ever good at the start, though? No,
2: it's never good. But, again, I kept at it. Just kept talking over random games I'd play. And, I don't know, I got better. And my voice transformed into what it is today. Um, Basically, I was playing a season in LG back in 2018, and uh, my buddy was like, oh my gosh, you you should do your commentary for your games. I'm like, what? Are you crazy? Who (laughs) wants to watch that? And um, he's like, go for it. I'm like, okay. Okay, fine. So I got a a new mic, uh, got a bunch of new audio equipment, and uh, started up, and people started taking notice and watching games. I'm like, this guy's crazy. He's calling a game seven in a, in a playoff game. What the hell?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Not enough to just be playing at a high competitive sixes level, but commentating at the same time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, um, season went on and, uh, people started taking notice. LG wanted to know if I was interested in doing more commentary besides my own games. And, uh, that started into the uh, esports scene did, several tournaments with them and other uh, brands and companies and sooner or not uh, NHL teams. I've uh, done stuff for San Jose and Columbus, and here we are today.
0: Yeah. Hey, pretty good summary. It's funny because I think we got started on the commentary stuff around the same time. Just had that very, that very different path of... Uh, you know, you already having the in and LG and just, you know, in terms of who you would take to be the voice of North American esports, I, you know, we, we are mutual friends with the, the likes of one Mr. F5, Penguin, No Sleeves, Grisgold, but I don't know if there's anybody <laughs> that compares. I am going to pump your tires, sir, because as good as everybody else is, and Sin knows this, there is one man that makes me go, boy, I suck at this. And that's you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what? I have my bad days. I I mean, sometimes the voice can sound like this. She's so oh my god, you sound so nasally. Um. Uh, so obviously, yeah. So it definitely, you, you have to make sure everything. I mean, yeah. You don't want to get sick because you it makes you feel like you're missing out on stuff or you're, you're letting people down. So obviously, keep your keep your health in check in mind when you're. When you're in this kind of business obviously but it's it's tough for everybody so yeah obviously it's it's gotten me <laughs> it's gotten me through this uh, uh last 4 years or so so
0: there you go so davos will be joining us here for the entirety of the show again i think we could sit here and talk about the ins and outs of, of streaming and and competitive sixes esports commentary of which we've all uh, at the very least dipped our toe uh, into the, those cold, cold waters at times. Yeah. Uh, but there was a a decent amount of stuff to happen, hockey-wise, over the course of the week, and that is, of course, what we're here to talk about, but before that, I want to throw it to a couple of viewer questions. When we don't have as much to talk about, we want to hear from you guys. Again, normally we put out a post on Twitter at g 24 or in the official Discord, which you can find a link down below. If you are not already there, there is a podcast questions section. Ask away and see if your question gets asked or answered on the show. You can also respond in the YouTube comments as well. We, uh, we pick up questions from there too. Did I forget to check that specific section today? You bet your sweet ass I did. So shout out to Discord. This first question comes from Tyler, the Thrashers fan, and I cannot help but think it's in response to the NBA. The All-Star game now has a celebrity game. Who are you picking as your starting lineup for a three-on-three celebrity hockey match? And again, this has to be off of NBA All-Star weekend because of what I... God damn it, his his name just flew out of my brain, but what's his face? Was it Miles Garrett that was just dunking the ball like... It was just dunking the ball like a madman this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, it's one of those things where obviously basketball is going to translate a little bit easier. But, you know, when you see a 6'4", 270-pound defensive lineman doing a 360 windmill, (laughs) you know, it sets the bar high. And then hockey-wise, it's like, well, think about it. Unless it's street hockey, there's a lot of uh, prior experience and skill that needs to be there. So we could take this super seriously, or we could just go with a joke pick to who we think would be (laughs) the most entertaining. And since it's three-on-three, I figured we each pick one person, right? Let's not assume that there's a goalie involved. If there is one person that you could see take part in a celebrity hockey game three-on-three, Endo Mills, who would it be?
1: You gonna go with a Canadian first, so I take Justin Bieber off the board, or what?
0: I mean, that's the that's the layup pick if you want to be boring.
1: Okay, so um, it can be like does it have to be like a, like a celebrity? or Can be like an athlete?
0: Um, you know, I would define I would define you know athletes of another sport as celebrities. I think that's fair. I don't think it has to just be like, well, John Hamm likes hockey, so John Hamm and he'll wear a Blues mm. uniform and be <laughs> funny. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's kind of meh. So it doesn't have to be Bieber. It could be another athlete.
1: J.J. Watt. That would be, uh, uh that would mm. be half bad. J.J. Watt has played hockey before. There was a video that came out of him, I believe, a few
0: years ago. Uh, J.J. Watt playing. So, while you look that up, there is, my immediate response was going to be another NFL player. And it was going to be Jalen Ramsey because of all the shit-talking he did a couple years ago, where he's like, yeah, I can play hockey, no problem. Uh, that was in, like, 2019, which feels like it was 10 years ago. Uh, 100% it would be Jalen Ramsey, just to, you know, put your money where your mouth is, buddy, after all this time. You've had a couple years to prepare. Well, let's see ya. All right. So, J.J. Watt.
1: Yeah, I just saw a video of him taking the slap shot, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's my boy. That's my boy, J.J. Watt. <laughs> Davos it a YouTube short of him playing hockey.
0: Davos, oh, wait, you have—he's
1: stick handling. Holy shit! You guys got to see this.
0: <laughs> oh god!
1: <laughs> you guys, you guys got to see
0: this. You have—he
1: so looks good. He looks good.
0: <laughs> he would just you have two up. NFL players, both on the defensive side of things, Ooh. with JJ Watt and Jalen Ramsey. How are you rounding out this lineup? Oh my god. Think of the possibilities. It doesn't have to be an athlete. It's just the term was a celebrity game. Huh. It's tough.
2: There's people oh I, I I I like there's people I would love to see this person in the All-Star game, but I'm like. Can they skate?
0: Well, that's the problem. <laughs> that's why my original choice was gonna be Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my honorable um, mention is Marshawn god. Lynch because he did this stuff with Akimi uh, Alou over, over mm. a little bit. Up yep, on the ice,
0: you look, look pretty good. God, now I want Team Stephen A. versus Team Skip Bayless.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Oh.
0: NFL versus oh. or ESPN versus Fox. I am I am here for this.
2: So the
1: puck is black championship.
2: <laughs> I always hear I always hear about. That. I remember hearing about. That. Was it? Uh, Charles Barkley mm-hmm. saying like how he would like he loves hockey.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, I think my sleeper pick would be him definitely. I like, uh, you love to see people like outside the realm of hockey, just put on skates. I mean, it would be, it would be tough. Like, they would have to like practice obviously. But <laughs> that's my one chance. My one chance to see somebody like as tall as him just get a chance to play. That'd be really cool.
0: Well, let's let's hope his slap shot's better than his golf swing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did he fake
0: out the goalie Just because he couldn't pull the trigger <laughs> Oh my gosh Oh my god That's the key oh, man. This next question comes from 1507 Relevant to all three of us And I, I am glad Davos is here for this as a, as a fellow streamer He asks what's a game you want to play on stream But you haven't yet Whether for the purpose of numbers Or other reasons A game you want to play on stream That you haven't yet Davos, I'll throw it to you first.
2: Oh. Jeez. Um
0: as we all try to think. <laughs> Loaded questions.
2: I wouldn't. Uh, there's a lot of games I would not mind playing, but like
0: well, I feel like for you, like you're just like, Yeah, screw it. I'm gonna play Final Fantasy. I don't care how many people watch. I it's been like I'm not even streaming. I've, it's I'm playing Final but, Fantasy. Screw you.
2: Yeah. Like yeah. I would I've done it in the past and um i i don't know i feel like i'm really on the fence about some of those kind of games mm. just because I'm like if i really feel like like I don't, if i really have a mood where i don't care i'll do it but i obviously i want like if i do have people watching i want them to enjoy it too obviously but yeah. I don't know sometimes it's there sometimes it's not but i don't know what kind of random game that like i want to play but so uh, let's see. I'm gonna say MLB because I suck at it, <laughs> Man, and that's fair. And, uh, I I love it, but it I wouldn't it wouldn't be my vote.
0: <laughs> I think a, that's a that's a common thing though for a lot of people. Like you can love a game, but the thought is like I know I suck, but I'm just here to have fun. And if I'm not the best, like are people going to watch? Like, uh, you know, and and like you said, a lot of it's a mindset. Like for me, when I think of of certain games, like oftentimes I try not to think about the numbers when streaming. But I think, as most streamers will tell you, it's always kind of there in the back of your head, unless you're big enough to not have to care. Yeah. Um, And at the same time, too, like if you're known for sports games and you go to play Sekiro or Red Dead 2, odds are people already have, if they haven't played it themselves, they've already watched someone who's more known for gameplay like that. They've already watched them play it. So it's not as big of a deal to watch you play it because they've already seen it. So it's it's really tough in that way. I mean, it kind of, like, every story-based game for me is in this category as to why I haven't played it. And it's a combination of you want to make sure people enjoy it. You kind of want the numbers to be there. But it's also such a time commitment. Like, yeah. if you're playing Eshel or Hutt and you're not having fun? Okay, I'm just that's done for the easy, day and I'm moving on. That's an easy half hour. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> but if you start a story game and then stop or it just doesn't really hook you, which just kind of feels like a waste of time, like it's I don't know, it's 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 tough. So literally for me, I would put like every single game that I've been meaning to play because I need to be in the right mindset to be like, okay, I'm going to see less views, that's fine, but I know I'm going to enjoy this, and especially if it's a game that someone paid for. Ah, <clears throat> Pyro, thank you. God, uh, there's been games he's been waiting to watch me play for two years. Um,
1: <laughs> the backlog, oh my God.
0: The backlog is insane. Yeah. Um, this summer's going to be fun, though, in terms of uh, just trying to clear out that backlog and taking a break from sports games aside from baseball. But, yeah, it's, it's basically every single one of those games where it's like, I just want to make sure I'm in the right mindset before playing them, so I don't start and then just be like I don't like it, and then just never go back to it because I feel like that's unfair. So, Endo, you play whatever the hell you want.
2: <laughs> he does, yeah. Um,
1: so, like the one thing I've noticed, uh, I've had a, kind of like a revelation in terms of making content and everything. NHL hasn't been fun for any of us. Let's be honest. Let's be let's be very fair. Ooh. I mean, oh, I was gonna say with Tuki, an honorable mention for you would be anything involving gameplay. With the NHL because you just have a <laughs> massive like no offense I love you brother but like you y- remember you told me like I love playing I love like playing the game but my brand is built so much on roster management and everything that anytime I play a game I just get a drop and I'm like I yeah
0: I mean that dude that's what it is like and you know just to speak to that like the idea of oh I want to play like if I'm playing franchise and you guys show up and it's like hey let's play club okay Bam, instant spike of yeah. in my numbers because the entire brand that I've built up is the gameplay sucks and I don't <laughs> want it. But even if I know the gameplay sucks, but I still want to play with my friends, well, too bad. The gameplay sucks, and that's yeah. what you've built your reputation on. So it has kind of sealed out the idea of, of club or ultimate team, which isn't a bad thing, let's be honest. That's saving me from myself as of, as of late, as Endo knows from editing the uh, ultimate team <laughs> series that will go up on the YouTube channel, hopefully starting soon. But uh fuck
2: (laughs) i I can say that i have watched him do some editing of that and it has been hilarious of yeah like what he's been able
1: to take it yeah um i I think the best part is um pillars of salt for the uh what's it called that's another set plan yeah but like for me it's weird because i i started playing nhl and that's kind of like what i'm known for and i've gotten this weird situation where i'm playing other games that like i don't I never really thought I would be playing on stream. And then, mm. like, I'm having a weird aspect where, like, I like talking about sports, but if I'm playing something like Mario Kart Double Dash and people are talking to me about sports, I'm like, I don't want to talk about sports in a way. Like, I, I mean, like, my whole brand is sports now, basically, because I've had the podcast. Like, I just started on hockey. And it's weird yeah. to, like, differentiate two different aspects. Mm. And I'm trying to build up on that. But I think, like, the one game that I that I would want to play if I had like a proper view- viewership is anything cuz like I'm still a small guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I played I played like GameCube games on stream for like 3 4 hours and I had the most concurrent viewers I've had in a long time since like the beginning of like NHL. I mean, probably See, you weren't around. That's
0: the like that. thing. Right? Like you never know what's going to help you kind of break out and start to get attention. Yeah. You never know. Like it, and like Davos mentioned like it's one of those things where you want to Either be super knowledgeable about what you're playing, be super good at it, or you got to be super entertaining. Yeah. Like, it's one of the three. Very few people can hit all three with a certain game. You're knowledgeable (laughs) about it, you're good about it, and you make it entertaining. Let's be honest. Some people, very knowledgeable about the game, very good at the game. And if we're talking about some Hutch streamers, all you (laughs) see is their forehead (laughs) while they're streaming. That's it. So they uh... have two out of three.
2: If your commentary, you see somebody's back instead of their front face in the in a, <laughs> cha- in a championship.
0: <laughs> oh my god! So yeah. it's it's just tough because like again, like I think back to, God, what was it? Ninja who was like, yeah, I was a, a Halo guy or a COD guy for like ten years, and then all of a sudden I started playing Fortnite and. To the moon. Not that he was a small streamer at that point, but it's just you never know what the launching point is going to be. Like you could certainly, like Endo, in Endo's case specifically, you could certainly become like, oh yeah, he's the retro sports game guy, which isn't a bad spot to hold down because "Mm, most older sports games are more fun than current ones. (laughs) dude. I might just become a Kirby
1: Air Ride streamer. I'm, like, the only (laughs) one in the directory to do that. The amount of fun I had playing Kirby Air Ride was ridiculous. I was losing in games. Chat was chirping me. It came to the point that, like, I finished in fourth place so much, my camera icon was just Kirby falling off his fucking cart. (laughs) It was the best. (laughs) Honestly. um,
2: Who who knows what the future? What do they call you in chat? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: Fluco Mills. Whenever Flucco I want something, they call me Fluco Mills. <laughs> I'm like, guys, what
0: the heck? they oh are ruthless. Yeah, absolutely ruthless. Last question here comes from AJ. Um, with the Daytona 500 being sold out, is this the return of motorsports slash NASCAR being popular in the United States? F1 race in Austin last year was also packed. Now, we have all played NASCAR together online yeah, right. in lobbies because it's hilarious. In terms of racing, for me, my opinion is it is probably as popular as it's been probably in my lifetime as it is now. I don't know what the reason for that is. Like, growing up, like, over here at least, it's like, F1, what's that? But NASCAR was obviously incredibly popular. Like, hey, here's Jeff Gordon at the top of the heap. Yeah. But yeah, like there was a long time where it's like, dude, nobody cares about NASCAR. And it almost like that, that reputation of it just being a southern sport or like a rural area, the only people who care about it type of thing, popped back up. But yeah, I, I feel like motorsport in general is like so much more to the forefront. Smartest thing F1 ever did was start drive to survive and how many F1 fans that would have made, uh, especially over here. So, I don't know if you two have an opinion on it beyond, like, because, again, it's just like, I, you play racing games. Whether or not you care about it, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I AJ, I would think it's, it's probably the most popular it's been ever in a general sense.
2: I could definitely say NASCAR has had its moments where it's been up and then slow, like, steady, and then up and then slow and steady. I feel it's doing the same thing. But, I mean, it might have been, it might have gone down because, I mean, COVID people won't, sometimes people won't be attending any races. I don't know if that was the case, though. But, again, I, I feel like F1 has had, like, a very, like, you could say 10 years ago, not a whole lot of people would be watching F1 races. And then you look at how gradually, how they're making, I mean, they're making games for it. Like, mm. 10 years ago, we we barely saw, like, we would barely see games for F1.
0: At the very least, they were uh, super early on and probably not the greatest. I have one of the older ones somewhere over there. I think it was mutual friend of ours and uh, Mr. EG Soul Reaver over on the Twitch side of things that sent me like F1 2010 or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's just at least over here. I just don't think it was as, as accessible uh, kind of similar to the Premier League. Like, hey, imagine that. If you make these sports that are big elsewhere accessible in other places, the popularity is likely to grow. Instead of, oh, the only way to watch this is to search out an illegal stream for the Premier League. It's like, not too many people are going to do that. Or, like, I remember growing up back in the day, like, the Premier League, it used to essentially be like, you. I feel like it was like you'd pay, like, 10 bucks a match on pay-per-view to be able to watch, like, Aston Villa play Chelsea. And it's like, who the hell's going to do that? Like, no wonder why it didn't blow up until it was on, like, TSN and and NBC and stuff like that. So, yeah. imagine that. You make it accessible, good things happen.
1: Oh, my God. $10 for a match? Am I might as like, at that point, like, like what? Like, I mean, hmm. like it's probably like 10 bucks to get into the actual, like, arena. But, like, <laughs> like do I get the same authentic experience? Do I have a guy yelling at me across the room, across the stadium field? <laughs> chants about yelling at each other and all that, like... Will someone will someone will my parents pour beer on me, my roommate pour beer on me and be like, oh sorry mate, I'm sorry I've been the mistake and then just you know reenact the experience for ten bucks. <laughs> Maybe
0: I'm gonna have to ask you to do the rest of that show the rest of the show in that accent.
1: <laughs> I do the rest of the show in this accent.
0: Where are you from? Okay, please don't. Where Never <laughs> Oh my God! No, sh- I've sh- made a horrible mistake. <laughs>
2: what have you done? You've Come created on, a bro. monster. Oh, oh God! All, all
1: all the drill rappers sound like this when they speak. Let's be real. Come on. Let's be. <laughs> drill. It's a form of rap where it's like, okay, all I'm 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 just gonna say this. All black.
0: UK Pendo rappers. explains a form of rap to two white guys.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> When you listen to, like, when you listen oh, to the right. rap in, like, UK, they all... Um, all the all the black rap artists sound the exact same. It's like, it's verbatim because of the accent. It's nuts. Note At that
0: home that home was Endo Mills. Endo Mills on that statement. Yes. Endo and Mills. They
1: sound the same! <laughs> they sound the same!
2: <sighs> I'll have to test what that,
0: that. Yeah. God. We'll have to. One of these days. It'll be the, uh... Bonus bonus did. content.
1: <laughs> Two white boys yeah. react to UK drill rap music. <laughs> Do it.
0: Uh you paid for God, it. And, we'll, oh, yeah. and we'll call it you know the drill. You know the <laughs> drill. A YouTube series coming soon to Fuck a channel gone, near Jesus you.
1: Christ. I got turned like
0: <laughs> God, so as Endo bows out, again, reminder, Twitter, Discord, YouTube, you can send in your questions again uh, When the shows aren't loaded up with uh, a bunch of stuff to talk about, then hey, uh, that is when we will get input from you So thank you guys very much Let's start off this show in terms of hockey We got a couple of little snippets to talk about, and then we got some of the bigger topics there towards the end Wanted to start off, we've gotten away from the day-by-day, the day, as we used to do you know, every show would be like, okay, what happened Wednesday, Thursday, so on and so forth. Kind of got away from that format, I think, for the better. But without that format, it makes it difficult to be like, hey, the, the Calgary Flames have matched their longest winning streak in franchise history. Like, they've won 10 in a row, at least as the time of that stat was posted. They are still listed, yeah, 10 in a row. Uh, they have not played since. They are now the top team in the Pacific Division, which is insanity. Because they started off the season pretty hot, and it's like, oh, yeah, hey, maybe. And then they dipped, and it's like, oh, well, uh, Calgary, whatever. They are who we thought they were. And now, again, they are ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights. And, uh, boy, in that Pacific, I mean, they're four points ahead of Vegas with two games at hand. And they are seven points ahead of Edmonton. Edmonton has managed uh, to sneak back in. Uh, they're 6-3-1 in their last 10. So... Alberta's looking decent, and uh, we'll obviously give uh, Davos a chance to give his thoughts, but I know for us here, it's like we were seeing the Albertan teams, especially Edmonton, struggle, and saying, boy, you might want to make changes sooner rather than later, especially in Edmonton's case, because L.A. and Anaheim are looking pretty good. Uh, those two teams are kind of falling back down towards where you would expect really all three Californian teams to be, which is outside of the playoffs this year. Ando, are, are you willing to send an apology to uh, to Oilers fans who, I mean, we were right. They needed a change in head coach. That has certainly helped, but are apologies on the way?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think so, honestly. I'm not going to.
0: Suck it, Edmund.
1: Why am I going <laughs> to apologize for bad management and n- trying to help out um, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisetto with a bunch of guys who can't get it done on their own? <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I think it, it's going to be an interesting finish to the to the season, especially uh, with Edmonton possibly, fingers crossed, they get something going and they figure out their goaltending situation because uh, you can tell that in that locker room, like, they, they want to win, but some things are holding them back and some of them is goaltending. Uh, we'll talk about goalies, especially, poof, uh, uh, mm-hmm. after what happened with the Leafs last night because, oh, boy, it was bad.
0: Mm-hmm. We yeah, we will get to that. Yeah, Davos for that division again. Right now, it is Calgary, Vegas, Edmonton, L.A. is even with Edmonton on points and games played. It's just tiebreaker for the Oilers. Anaheim two point back, uh, two points back of the Oilers, and Vancouver five. We can pretty much rule out San Jose and Seattle. Mm-hmm. Which oof. What do you think? That top three, Calgary, Vegas, Edmonton, do you think that holds, or maybe there's a bit more life in those Californian teams, or maybe Vancouver continues to kind of turn it around? How do you think that division's going to go?
2: Uh, obviously, coming into, coming into the season, you, you, you knew Vegas was going to be good. You knew, I don't know, There's you, have, you always have to think about a surprise team in that mix because it, you, these teams can flip a, 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 any, any week during the regular, regular season. But again, I see Calgary. The first ten games, of this, 10 20 games of the season were just on fire. Like it had Ma- uh, Markstrom had like seven shutouts. Uh, just yeah, I think he has eight now on the season, something like that. But oh my gosh, like the I mean he's playing the way they wanted him to play last season for Calgary. Like he came in, you know, he's the big signing at the off season, and um, just playing great for them after them trading getting rid of mike smith uh, mike smith now flip-flopping to edmonton and i don't know for that reason i don't know they, they have faith in mike smith and edmonton but it's a back and forth affair he has good nights and he has mike smith nights and uh, again <laughs> you look at that they got decent goal scoring again Connor mcdavid and dry so they need the pieces to work in edmonton I don't know. Down the stretch, it could be in their favor, but LA is just slowly creeping in. After people expecting LA to not be as good quick has been in his slowly returning to his form over the as the as the season goes, he's gotten better. So again, I feel LA could sneak in as a as a wild card team if things can uh, continue going on. And again, it's up to these teams and how they finish the season. And I don't think, like you said, I, don't th- I think Vancouver is going to stay out. I th- San Jose is going to stay out. And obviously, if something happens with Seattle, it's going to be a completely just bandwagon change. They
0: are 23 points out of the play. No way. Right now. <laughs>
2: yeah, definitely.
0: Last in the Western, or second last in the Western Conference, only, uh, only ahead of Arizona. So. Rough, rough year for them. We don't have to talk about where I had them in our little preseason uh, prediction video. <laughs> not to talk about that at all. Uh, <laughs> worth noting as well for Vegas, I mentioned they're second in the Pacific now. Uh, Jack Eichel scored his first goal on the weekend as a member of the Golden Knights. Just stupid. And of course, Mark Stone on LTIR to make room for him. And how great will it be to have Mark Stone back for the playoffs? That's going to be fun. But... The other thing that was worth mentioning here, because this is the most ridiculous stat I I think I've seen recently. The Vegas Golden Knights have now had seven goalies register a win for the team. Uh, And I am so, so tempted to uh, quiz you guys on uh, the seven in terms of uh, (laughs) who have won games for the Golden Knights. But it is worth noting, the Nashville Predators... Have been around since 1998. They've only had 11 goalies play for them in that time. Vegas is already up to seven. What the hell is in the water in Nashville <laughs> as to where Jeez. it's just like, ah, Thomas Focun, Becca Renee. now here's UC Saros. It's ridiculous. And Logan Thompson has like, dominated the AHL. So as much as there's concern about, like, oh, Robin Leonard's down, do we bring back Flurry? I think they might have someone with Logan Thompson who just kind of comes out of nowhere like he's already like 24, 25 years old but just kind of developed for a while and those are what it's not un, it's not unheard of right? I mean to have, just have a goalie be like hey I'm good now and it's like where the hell did you come from? Yeah, yeah. Talking
2: about Bennington. in a sense I mean it,
0: that's not the perfect example.
1: Oh man.
0: So with that I will quiz you guys.
1: Okay. I I know you all can so work, work together. Right oh god.
0: You, the seven goalies to have won a game for the Vegas Golden Knights. Who do you got?
1: Can I go? Can I just name all seven? I feel like
0: if you got all seven, go for it.
1: Okay, Robin Leonard, Mark Andre Fleury, yep.
0: Uh, yep.
1: Garrett Sparks, Malcolm Subban. Uh,
0: Incorrect on oh, oh, Garrett shit. Sparks. He he played a game, but he did not get the win.
1: Hold on. I think I'm lock- oh, never mind. I buy lock <laughs> again. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: So, so no, so no, Garrett Sparks.
0: Start, start over. Okay. You two can work together on this one. Mark Andre
1: Fleury, yes. Garrett, guarantee Mark Andre Fleury. Robin Leonard, obviously the two mainstays. Yes. Yep. Okay, Davos, you go next.
2: Uh, I do remember at the very beginning of the Vegas uh, twenty eighteen season that Oscar Dansk. Hey, there good one. Go.
0: Four Dang. wins for Oscar Dansk. Dansk. They, they had nice.
2: injuries and they needed a. Up, up, and he, he got up some mm-hmm. W's, so good for him. He got four more,
1: yeah. Max Legacy,
0: yes, Max hey. Legacy, future
1: legacy Providence Bruin,
0: yeah. Two uh, more, or three Max, more, technically,
1: yeah. Logan Thompson, because he just had one. There right you
0: go, Yep, that's the gimme.
1: Malcolm Suvan,
0: correct, and, and their the current backup one. is
1: Lauren Bossois. <laughs>
0: Hey, there, there you go. go. You got there. I mean, hey, it's not bad. I mean, you know, Oscar Dansk for Garrett Sparks. There was only one other goalie to have started the game. He, along with Garrett Sparks, also did not win. Who was that goalie with one game played for the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, I
1: know who this is. He was the... Davos
0: was on the right track.
1: I know who he is because this is the game we had to get called up because of all the injuries. And uh-huh. McDavid told him, like, he was the same age as him. He was like, yeah, don't worry, kid. It's your first time or whatever. <laughs> Can't remember his <laughs> name.
0: Do you remember his name?
1: Played in the WHL for... Yes, he
0: did. The um, Kamloops Blazers. Yeah, Kamloops Blazers. Dylan Ferguson.
1: Oh, yeah, oh. Ferguson. <laughs> Where is he now? So, is he still in the org or not? I, I have no
0: idea. So, based <laughs> Let on... Me look.
2: So, apparently, no... no. He only played for that 2018 season. That one uh, one he's time.
0: with the Henderson Silver Knights right now, but I don't know if he's under NHL contract. Probably, so.
1: probably NHL. Three years. So,
0: deal. hey, interesting goalie history so far for Vegas. And again, Jack Eichel scores because, of course, <laughs> of course, it's ridiculous. Um. You know, whenever we get to talk about the Chicago uh, hockey team, as I like to call them, uh, you know, it's never for good reasons. This could be defined as a good reason. Uh, They officially cut ties with Bobby Hull. There you go. One of the team's biggest legends, as the uh, team is redefining the role of team ambassador. It is an amicable split. Uh, For those who uh, have not read up on Bobby Hull, feel free to do so. Maybe one of those people that shouldn't have quite been as celebrated uh, for as long as he was. I will give one example of Bobby Hall's tenure, and you tell me, uh, you know, uh, just how you feel. Uh, Bobby Hall was once arrested for striking a police officer. Said police officer was trying to stop him, I believe, from attacking his wife. So, um, Bobby Hall, everybody, was a Chicago ambassador until 2022... But no, we're looking behind us. It's all hunky dory. Everything moving forward, just smooth sailing for Chicago. Has Rocky Wertz resigned yet? No, but maybe someday. Please, we can, only, maybe we someday. can only hope. <laughs> oh,
1: man, that team is nowhere from saving. It's it's oof oof like like oof like this is bad.
0: <laughs> I shall title this podcast: Endo makes noises. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm the best at that. I'm a, I'm a walking noise machine. Isn't that right? There
0: you go.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Wanted to mention this as well because Sin Endo and I had brought this up on another show. Tage Thompson scored his first career hat trick over the weekend. Can you guys guess Tage Thompson's point totals for this season?
2: Uh, I'm going to say
0: 47 games played will go Price is Right rules on points and goals. But 47 games played. He is currently on their top line with Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck.
2: Is he, I'm going to say 45.
0: Endo? 20. 20. Well, I mean, Endo wins on Price is Right Rules. He was smart to undersell it. Tage Thompson has 38 points in 47 games, though. This is a guy who was just... Bust. You you traded him for Ryan O'Reilly. Bust. You're stupid. You're terrible. And I mean, his career high in points, like I'm looking at it, 17-18, he had nine points in 41 games as a blue. The trade happens, Davos. 12 points in 65 games. Oh, yeah. Uh, One game in 2019-20. For the Sabres, mostly played in Rochester and I believe was injured. And then last year had 14 points in 38 games. How do you, ex- like, we're going to talk about it with somebody else where it's just like, how do you all of a sudden just figure it out and finally look like everyone expected you to, to look? It's, it's one of the strangest things this season where, sure, Sabres fans still aren't showing up out of, out of protest, essentially. But they don't have the worst pieces in the world. And I think that's going to kind of continue to be a conversation about the Sabres. It's like, oh, they could. if They play their cards right. We'll see if they do. But they have three first-round picks this year. Good prospects already. Play your cards right. And maybe, just maybe, you don't have to be uh, trash for another decade. You know?
2: It's always sad when people make... uh... Uh, I was looking at and these people were making predictions on how many points they are projected to finish with at the, or how many goals rather they're projected to finish with at the end of the season they said Jeff Skinner and Thompson were projected to get over 30 goals and uh, if that would be the case it would be the first time oh my gosh in a long time that two or more players for Buffalo have scored 30 goals in a season probably since Pominville Roy
0: yeah like Pommenville Vanek oh, era yeah. maybe
2: oh yeah yeah. That's decades decades ago. <laughs> Obviously one decade, but when is the last
0: time multiple Buffalo Sabres <laughs> scored 20 goals.
2: Oh my god. In a
0: season. Maybe not 20, but perhaps 30.
2: I'm going uh, to say probably the 07 season.
0: <laughs> god, I man, Google doesn't bring it up, so we'd have to do a more in-depth search, but it's it's had to have been a while especially for 30. I mean, 20 this year, I I think he and uh, Thompson and Skinner both have 20. So good for Tage Thompson, good for Buffalo. There are some bright spots there uh, if you uh, dare show up to that arena, which a lot of people still do not. One thing that I wanted to mention here that I wasn't going to bring up on the show, but screw it, let's uh, let's hit you guys with the curveball. The Nathan McKinnon slashing incident Mm. against the Boston Bruins. Mm -hmm. You have some debate as to whether or not he even made contact. This was the NHL's statement. Now, again, off a of face-off, McKinnon loses it, takes a swipe, appeared to have hit the referee. Now, again, there's debate as to whether or not he did, but here was the NHL's response. NHL hockey operations statement on incident in last night's Colorado-Boston game. The safety of our on-ice officials is, as has always been, of paramount importance to us. Tell that to the guy that Dennis Weidman hit. Uh, in, in this regard... <laughs> where's the lie Daphos where's the lie
2: you're not wrong man oh man in this regard,
0: we've always exercised a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to any form of abuse of our officials. Last night, one of our officials was struck by a player. They didn't even name Nathan McKinnon. Uh, was struck by a player with the stick immediately after a face-off. We immediately investigated the incident and, having conferred with Ana's officiating crew and the officials' association, it was determined that the player's intention was not to strike the official, but rather to initiate contact with the opposing player. So you outright admit Nathan McKinnon tried to two-hand slash someone in the fucking leg because he lost a face-off. Yep. And that's okay, yep. because it wasn't aimed at the official. Mm-hmm. It was a dirty play. Like I don't care if the guy said something to McKinnon after he won the draw or what, but still, it's an incident where you can actively see Nathan McKinnon tried to chop somebody down because he lost a face-off, and it's fine because he didn't hit the referee. That is a sneaky... Dirty play from Nathan McKinnon. And I have started to see his name pop up a little bit more. I feel like the guy that really has been mentioned a lot. I don't think, like obviously we're not at the point where Jamie Ben is mentioned as sneaky dirty. People just call him a dirty player. Landis Gog has kind of already jumped that last hurdle over, oh, here's the line between just dirty and sneaky dirty. The guy this year I think that has really kind of stepped up has been Leon Dreisaitl. It's really started to become known just how much he tends to uh, slash and spear the opposition. But Nathan McKinnon as well in the aftermath of this. I saw a lot of people mention, like, yeah, he's he's had his moments. And it brings me, you know, obviously one of the things we'll talk about today is Brad Marchand, but all the talk of player histories and, well, this guy has a history. There's an argument that someone like Nathan McKinnon could at least be close to having a history, but... You have an incident like this where the NHL is just like, eh, eh. And I feel like oftentimes you end up with players just, ah, we'll we'll ignore that. We'll we'll let them know. We won't find them, but we'll let them know. We're looking at them. And then you don't get players with histories, and then something happens. It's like, well, we can't suspend him for six-plus games. He doesn't have a history. I'll sum this up in saying I'm so tired of the Department of Player Safety and everything about it. Just tired of it davos your thoughts because i think endo and i share similar feelings endo feel free to interject though but davos your thoughts this season on the department of player safety
2: oh my gosh um obviously there have been a lot of uh there have been a lot of uh, hit or miss sort of say like you get the, the blatant like hey that should have been something or like something that probably wasn't too much gets gets the uh gets the multiple games but um yeah they i feel every season there's at least there's something that has to do with uh, the department of player safety that just gets um just doesn't go the, the right way that we're expecting it to and it leaves a bad taste in our mouth as as fans of the game and we obviously want uh Things to be called on equal terms. Sometimes the scales are tipped. Sometimes I don't know. It's it's tough. And you're in, when you're in the speed. It's I feel as a referee and and everything. It's it's tough to call things in the speed in the in the moment. I mean that's why we have four on the ice making sure that things are called right. But sometimes you see stuff that just goes by and it's hard to it's hard to see but it's against your team and. It could be something that could be detrimental. It could be maybe in the Stanley Cup final. It could be something like that makes uh, your team lose, and I don't know. It's super tough to watch if you're a fan and you you want them to be you want them to succeed, and you want the the league to flourish. But there's a there's a coffee stain on the table that won't don't buff out. Obviously, but. Again, my analogy might not be worth
0: it. I'm excited for the playoffs where nothing is called anyway. Yeah, That's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Speaking of good
2: times. They say that, I mean, they're not playing the playoffs, but again, a line, there's going to be a line somewhere.
0: And that line is, well, whatever we can do to tell Brad Marchand to piss off. (laughs) (laughs) Because they finally had it up to here. I guess I mean, hey, I think fans have been waiting a long time for Brad Marchand to finally get his uh, his just due, and he's finally there. But again, we'll talk about him towards the end of the show. Wanted to mention this as well, uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes, Yesperi Kakaniemi scored his 11th of the year and has tied his career high in goals in 30 fewer games. Uh, just more salt in the wound for... Uh, <laughs> For Habs fans this year, I'm sure they're feeling better right now than they have at any point this season. But oof, that decision to let Kotkiniemi go and then trade for Christian Dvorak—you
2: have done this. You yourself. know, so
0: far not looking so good. <laughs> oh man,
2: yeah.
1: Just
0: I thought I, you were I, falling I, out of your chair.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, this chair is falling apart. That's for sure. Um, but uh I think Habs fans are realizing that like, oh, he, like he's he's over there. I feel bad, but look, we have we have Caulfield. Caulfield, Caulfield score goal, Caulfield, yeah, he scored goal. I don't have any don't we'll have talk about remorse because we'd had Caulfield. <laughs> you could have had Kakanyemi and Caulfield together. Maybe your team sure. wouldn't have been in this weird situation right now where they're heating up because of Martin St. Louis and what Vinny LaCavia is also part of the organization too, right?
2: Mm.
0: He is now, yeah.
1: Yeah, I love how um, way back when they had the All Star game back in um, back in Montreal, they wanted the like, cafe so bad on their on their team, like they're like basically call him, calling his name out like crazy, and they couldn't get him, so they get him after he retires. Beautiful.
0: There you go. For the Minnesota Wild as well, uh, one of our final two kind of just references here that we uh, we'd mention if we had the day by day. Uh, Karel Kaprizov played in his 100th NHL game. Uh, He has 50 goals and 112 points in those games. The last time a player scored more than 110 points in their first 100 games was Evgeny Malkin, who had 114. Uh, Did that in 2006-2007. So, Kirill Kaprizov literally on about as good of a pace as Evgeny Malkin through his first uh, 100 NHL games. I so hope Claude Giroux goes to Minnesota. You know, sure. as much as, as much oh as it's out there, Colorado, Saint Louis, mm. go to Minnesota because it makes the West that much better. Again, you have your Vegas's and your Colorados, but then right below are like Minnesota Calgary and then Edmonton's always the wild card if they actually end up making it. I'm more excited, like even if the Bruins make the playoffs this year, I'm more excited to watch what happens in the Western Conference. It's absolute insanity the way it's shaping up already.
2: Like, if you're you're Minnesota, who do you trade to get Drew?
0: They do have prospects. I'll give them that. Maybe not the highest name value, guys. Minnesota, by the way, has every single one of their draft picks over the next three years, except for this year's seventh, Mm. as weird as that is. That was involved uh, in a separate trade earlier because that pick belongs to the Sharks but belonged to the Coyotes so Lord knows what the hell <laughs> happened there uh, Cap friendly is is wonderful sometimes but they do have good prospects like on the defensive side of things they do have guys like I mean granted Kalen Addison's played 10 games this year but he's there uh, you also have Carson Lambos who they drafted I think in the first round <laughs> if not early second Ryan O'Rourke's out there And then forward prospects, too. They do have guys, uh, Marat Kuznodinov is somebody that I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing at the World Juniors, which, of course, will be played this August after being postponed uh, last December. They have picks. They have prospects. I think they could do it. It's just whether or not Colorado offers someone more along the lines of, or whoever, uh, someone more along the lines of what Philadelphia would want, but... I look at Philadelphia and say, yeah, you, you need a little bit of everything. So, who knows what direction they're going to go. But it does seem like Claude Giroux is going to be traded because if he doesn't, the, the GM and the leadership in Philadelphia needs to be sacked immediately if you let Claude Giroux walk for nothing oh, yeah. at this point.
2: I yeah. only hope. He's done so much for the team over the years. I mean, he hasn't been. He's had his moments where he's been that that high-scoring caliber player that everyone... Ex- and maybe for a while expecting to be but he's been their 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 leader for for 8 years or so and you can always i mean count on him to make big plays when expected and he deserves to have a big chance at a team with high caliber players and who else he could be a mentor
0: he is 34 years old by the way 22nd overall in 2006 that is how long Claude Giroux has been around. It's insanity. Like, think about that, man. 2006, Jonathan Taves, as big of a dickbag as you are, Phil Kessel, Claude Giroux. I mean, that 06 draft, Brad Marchand. uh, What a draft. What a draft 2006 (laughs) was.
1: I smell a video. Mm. A draft.
0: Ooh. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, dude, if I put Brad Marshawn number one on the 06 retraft.
1: Do <laughs> hey, it. You know how many clicks you'd fucking get? Oh my god.
0: Get
1: oh, We'd have to have a
0: Photoshop guy. on the thumbnail number one pick and it's just Brad Marshawn with the thumbs up. Oh, that would be no, absolutely delightful.
1: Someone. That's all it is.
0: <laughs> it's him licking the number one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we have to do the video.
0: We might have to, you're right. Yeah. We have other stuff in the works, though, which will be fun. Oh, yeah. uh, last thing to note here, the Devils, well, it might be too late for them to get back into the playoffs. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is going to come back after a jaw injury that uh, I thought was going to take him up for longer, but maybe this these past few months have just gone by so fast that he's already like right on schedule, <laughs> and time is just a, a myth. Uh, but happy to see Dougie Hamilton back. Hopefully the Devils look a little bit better down the stretch because this was a year where it's like, yeah, hey, we're going to be – half decent, and they are currently the second worst team in the Eastern Conference. They are behind Buffalo. Granted, by one point and with the game at hand, but they are behind Buffalo. Oof. Oof. So... Oh, we do love the old NJ Devil around here, but it hasn't been the best season for New Jersey this year, fellas. With that, talk about the Olympics. I didn't know if I wanted to talk about this first or last, but it makes sense. Let's have the conversations out there for last. First and foremost, this comes from Sean Shapiro. The U.S.-Canada women's gold medal game on NBC averaged 3.54 million viewers. That is more viewers than any NHL game this year and the second most watched hockey game in the United States since 2019. Uh, Again, if there is any moron out there to try and be like, oh, the women's game doesn't draw. You are incorrect. <laughs> it is right there, plain as day. This is a very hyped game, and it delivered. But out of the women's game, and of course the Olympics wrapped up this weekend, so this could pretty much be the last we get to talk about it. Of course the women's game, or the tournament wrapped up a little bit earlier. The big talking point that we haven't gotten to discuss yet, and I'm very intrigued uh, from Endo's perspective as a Canadian here, though, Marie-Philippe Poulin, uh, did essentially get an offer from the ECHLs I'm just gonna go with the three River lions because that's what it is just in French and I don't want to butcher it I'm sorry Leon. um she was invited uh, to join the team to promote women's hockey she ended up declining and there this was this was a, a talking point and a half as to whether or not it's a good idea the only reason, why I don't think it'll happen is because there is not a league that I think now, granted, I I, I guess that the Lions had the ability to do it. You know, I mean, granted, I, I got to see the Lions play, and I don't know if they need her help. They <laughs> went to the game they played against the main Mariners uh-huh. on Saturday and they won six to two. Yep. That was fun. Uh the Mariners won the next day, because of course they did. I'm a jinx. <laughs> but it's just that idea of I can't help but think we're not going to see a Marie-Philippe Plan, a Hillary Knight, so on and so forth compete certainly at the NHL level, but even the ECHL level seems unlikely, not because they can't, not because there aren't small men that despite the, the you know the physicality don't find a way to survive. It's just the headlines of Marie-Philippe Plan Playing in men's league gets trucked by a dude, and the headlines for that in the negative press. I don't, I don't know if these leagues view that as the risk, or as as a risk worth taking. You know, as I don't doubt in a sense that Marie Philippe Poulin could hang at the ECHL level. I don't, but at the same time, like I said, if she's on the receiving end of a bad hit. You know what those headlines are going to be and what that press is going to be, and it's certainly not going to be positive. It's not going to be like, well, hey, they they gave her a chance to prove that she could hang in there and be that she's just as good as the men. The headlines are going to be woman playing in predominantly men's league injured via hit, and that's, I, I just don't think that's what they want.
1: Hmm, uh... I mean, this goes back to the whole thing of Team Canada playing against Junior A talent and having gangs basically smacked the entire time. Uh, I don't think, like, I don't think on the competitive level they're there yet. I just don't. If they're struggling, if they had their way and were doing good against Junior A talent, then maybe, nah, I don't know, SPHL, sure. Um, it's not as if a woman hasn't played in a men's league before. Um obviously notable is uh, shannon's lab playing for the, the th- like the third tier in sweden uh, another one is the only female uh player to play in a regulation game and score a point um we go back to nagano in that video with women's hockey is angela uh i'm gonna butcher because i can't pronounce last names Riguero. she played one game in the um the chl um which was then Central Hockey League, which then folded into the ECHL. She played one game and scored one assist. She's, she's the only female hockey player in the world to play professional hockey. You can call it professional, because it, it is professional hockey. People from that league have gone off to play in the NHL. And it, it's great, but I don't think that they would do well. She played with the Tulsa Oilers. And she, yeah, I, I just don't think it's there yet. I think maybe down the line, there could be conversations about it. I mean, we already have officiating, but that's one thing. That's just calling the game itself. Um, I think I think maybe like a decade maybe until we get to a spot where we could have a conversation about having women play in the men's leagues uh, in the professional setting. But until now, I think the big thing is to the grow the NWHL, PWHPA, ZHL, and SHL Women's League. That's the one thing I, I think they're mostly focusing on instead of having to grow... Growing inter inter gender sports in a way.
2: So yeah, fun fact about go ahead, Alex Figueroa. Um, so she actually, I think I heard a story from back in the day. She went to a, I think a match, I'm something in my hometown rink, where. She wasn't allowed to play with the uh, with the other players' men in the in the um, I don't know if it was a pickup game or something, but it was very interesting that it happened in a rink that was just down the street from me. Wow! So I found mm-hmm. that when we so I said to her name, I'm like, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I didn't remember this. Like it was a very interesting yeah. story, and it just she. she
0: as well, like, Angela Ruggiero specifically, like, she's a Hockey Hall of Famer, first and yeah. foremost. Uh, you might remember her as well from NHL 13, where it was her and Haley Wickenheiser uh, in the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I I just kind of agree with Endo, where it's like, I, it's not a matter of me personally thinking that they can't. It's just more... Oof, I... I I would personally just think it would make more sense for that. You know, again, like the development of the PHF, like Endo said, let's focus on getting the women's game to where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, you know, the NHL can continue to spotlight. Mm. You know, I mean, I would love, and we saw it before, right, at the All-Star game where the U.S. and Canadian women played each other during the intermission, right? Yeah. It was something like that. It was Like, like game there are still ways to, to spotlight and grow the game. I, I agree without it necessarily being uh, an intergender league. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, though. Uh, and, again, we've talked about the women's game a lot on this show, rightfully so, but I don't know. It's just one of those things where I would be surprised if it ever were to actually happen just because of that publicity side of things. But I don't think it's a matter of like, oh yeah, no, Marie-Philippe Lam would get destroyed by even the worst ECHL. Like, anyone saying that shit is out of their minds, obviously. On the men's side of things, the Finns won their first ever Olympic gold. They beat the Russians 2-1. to one. Uh, <laughs> Nearly half of Finland's entire population uh, watched the game that started at six ten a.m. local time Ooh. for them which is nuts. And it's just it's it's a huge huge win for Finland again. For us here, US and Canada, we're like, "Oh, NHLers aren't here." Nah. We want to win, but when we lose, oh, it wasn't that important." I mean, Everywhere else, though, this was a big fucking deal still. This was the Olympics. You think Finns aren't fucking celebrating as hard as they were just because they didn't have to go through Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews? No, it is an Olympic gold medal. It is a huge, huge deal for them. Again, the Russians were the defending champions. And for for Slovakia as well, they ended up beating Sweden. Uh, Disappointing tournament for Sweden, I think, summarized by that picture of... uh, of Peter Forsberg uh, and Henrik Lundqvist just looking dejected when they lost to Finland. Uh, but Slovakia gets their first ever Olympic medal in hockey, uh, winning the bronze. And uh, upcoming draft pick, Juraj Slavkovsky was named the tournament MVP, having scored seven goals and route to a bronze medal. I think the men's tournament delivered. Like I said, for us here in North America, we might be like, oh, it's not, a, it's not as good. But, man, it still meant a lot to everybody else out there. And it, I think, is going to tell the story of who was already viewed as a top ten prospect at the very least. I mean, absolutely making a name for himself in case you weren't overly familiar with this kid I mean again it, it depends on what publication for where he's ranked but when, whenever the next like TSN midterm rankings come out or whatever the hell else he's going to be a top 5 pick again 17 years old and ended up with 7 goals in 7 games at 17 granted he's 6 foot 4 218 pounds 17 years old he's got that mad strength already but a crazy, crazy breakout party for him, and like I said, I think uh, think us here in North America need to get off our high horses a little bit and stop acting like we didn't care. We all cared. We would have celebrated if our team won the gold. Let's be honest. Don't try to don't try to be like ah, I wanted. I never cared anyway. Nobody nobody's buying that. While Finland is celebrating with naked men everywhere. That's all I saw on <laughs> yeah, Twitter. It's just yes. Finnish asses as far as the eye could see.
1: They don't call it the Finnish Flash for nothing.
0: Oh my God! Da da da
2: so, da da, da. Yeah, uh, big. That was a big gold medal for uh, Valtteri Fopola, who was uh, captain of the team, former uh, Detroit Red Wing, Flyer, Islander, Tampa Bay Lightning player. Jesus, he was everywhere. was <laughs> after Detroit. After Detroit, he he went uh, looking for more chances to play, and uh, huge. Uh, now he's going to be hailed as a Finnish hero.
0: I mean I'm looking at that roster. And again, we would have gone over the rosters heading into it, but uh the Leafs Leafs legend Miro Altonen, Olympic gold medalist. Uh Preds and Canucks legend Marcus Granlund, Oilers legend Tamo Hardikainen. Leo Komarov is an Olympic gold medalist.
2: God. The fact that it's, it's just cool. The fact that he was I don't know if you guys saw the video of um him playing the piano after yeah. winning the gold the- Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> talk about! Did you see
0: uh Polka? How like he they beat the Russians, and then obviously like the team he plays for in the KHL like X'd out his his <laughs> locker, his locker in the locker room. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, God. So again, I think. I think the Olympics delivered. I think it always does. Regardless of whether or not NHLers are there, I will say yes, NHLers being there would have been nice. But at the same time, I think it was still worth watching. It brings us to our final two to three topics here. You could say one topic's intertwined. I want to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, Endo. First and foremost, (laughs) they lost Adam Brooks on waivers again. Yep. (laughs) As I do believe they have had uh, a pretty big amount of people relative to the rest of the league taken on waivers. They just cannot seem to keep their people.
1: Yeah. Um, It just means that our depth pool is that big and that we have a lot of players who can fill certain spots. Um, I I see no ill will with that, with guys getting opportunities somewhere else. Uh, Hockey's a business, and... It's a gamble, especially when you have to send a guy over on waivers. Adam Brooks definitely is going to do well over in Winnipeg right now. Like he's going to do well.
0: Well, to really flex that depth, the Leafs went out and acquired goaltender Carter Hutton from the Arizona Coyotes mm-hmm. <laughs> for the sole purpose of well, they didn't have to put him through waivers. As if they as if they signed Devin Dubnik or another AHL goalie with no NHL ties, that that goalie would have been claimed. Come on now. But regardless, uh, I would say the pride of Thunder Bay, but we all know that's Timo. o yeah. um, Carter Hutton <laughs> has three appearances this year for the Coyotes with a 7.41 save percentage and a 7.76 goals against average. Last year for the Sabres, 13 appearances with an 8.86 and a 3.47 goals against average in the year before and 898
2: um
0: yeah 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 he uh oof
2: he did some (laughs) stinking
0: now this ties into some of the other moves that have happened. And we'll talk about Hutton because I do think Endo's on to something and it ties into something else. The Leafs also made, of course, another trade with the Coyotes, sending Nick Ritchie, who had one year left on his deal after this season, at 1375 to the Oats, along with a conditional pick. It is either a third round pick next year or a 2025 second rounder. So the Leafs would be drafting, or the Leafs are giving up a pick for essentially what is a high schooler currently. Uh, In exchange for forward Ryan Dezingle and defenseman Ilya Lubushkin. Dezingle was put on waivers and was claimed by the San Jose Sharks. He is in their lineup tonight as well, I believe, on their second line. So good for Ryan Dezingle. So essentially, uh, a second-round pick to get rid of Nick Ritchie and bring in help on the blue line with Ilya Lubushkin, who will be making his debut tonight in favor of Justin Hall who has become, like, the ultimate defensive scapegoat. He is now their Jake Gardner, Yep. uh, especially after the team got absolutely pooped on by the Montreal Canadiens last night. Endo Mills, take it away.
1: Uh, I think it's funny. Um, I think it's funny how, you know, uh, but Justin Hall didn't do bad. There were two clips that were taken way out of context and make him look absolutely fucking terrible. Granted, they were they were still bad clips. He hasn't been, like, terrible god-awful, but he hasn't been, like, amazingly good. When they signed into to that deal, everyone was praising him completely, like, yeah, has he made a great deal? Like, great move. Like, this guy scored, like, two goals in two games Like, way back when he's, he's like, the next guy that we need. Meanwhile, his stats and contributions are at the same level of Martin Marincin. Gotta love that name. I I think people are freaking out too much. I think labeling him as Jake Gardner 2.0 in the in this respect of getting pooped on by the media and people with Twitter fingers uh is accurate. I think everyone's freaking out because we're still the seventh best team in the league. And yeah, we got shelled by the fucking Montreal Canadiens, but they're red hot. They're rolling right now They got Cole coffee who can finally put the puck in the mat behind the net um it's like I, am i really mad about what happened last night no i'm mad that uh we spent so much money on peter mrazik who absolutely is just and th- i want to say throwing but he he made one big save and that didn't help out at all it was not ni- it was a nice save but it didn't help out but help out at all I think the acquisition with Carter Hutton is big mm -hmm. because that I think Peter Mrazek is on the way out. They're gonna ship him off somewhere. They're probably gonna give up a first round or some stupid shit just to get him out of there. Uh, If they pick him up for whoever I don't know, they could pick him up for another defenseman. I think so. I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna get rid of Mrazek, have Hutton or Hall, uh, Hutton or Wall called up to be uh, two goalies to lean on them back and forth because. Just uh Justin Hall um what's it Joe Wall Joseph Wall just Joseph Wall <laughs> so many fucking Hall Wall Paul Saul to the windows <laughs> yeah to the Paul yeah just uh, fucking Joe Wall is gonna get called up and he's gonna play because he has got a three one to zero with like a two point eight like goals against average and like a nine hundred like save percentage Just a rookie in those four games he was called upon he's doing great. I'm surprised they didn't lean on him sooner. I guess they wanted Mrazic to give him a few more reps out there. Because right now, Jack Campbell is tired. Everyone's saying oh, the Leafs goaltending is back to being shit. No, you've you've essentially done the exact same shit you've done with Frederick Anderson, but with Jack Campbell. And it's unbelievable that people still think that Frederick Anderson was the problem. No, he was a great goaltender. The reason why he got injured was because he played him out so much. You need Goaltending tandems—you need two goalies who can perform very, mm. very well together. If you have that, you can move on. You can—I can go back over and look at the the comparison with Nashville. You see, is playing absolutely out of his mind, and he has to because that team is not as strong as they could be. And then, if they have anyone else like Carter Ingham or you have David Riddick, who's getting the start tonight, your your chances of losing go up as like exponentially. And, like, you know, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for this this franchise right now.
2: So the
0: goalie situation, real quick, Davos, uh, I had to look it up. Jack Campbell has played or appeared in 36 of the Leafs'
2: 49 games.
1: Yeah, the numbers don't lie. They spell disaster for him at Sacrifice.
2: So we go back to, I know this kind of popped in my head um, when we're talking about goalies who play way more games during regular season than they're supposed to because they lean on one more goalie than, than making a tandem. And so we saw a lot of this during the 90s, back when I'm, I'm keying in on 96 uh, the season. And um, uh, Grant Fuhrer played with the Seattle, or the the St. Louis Blues. He played 70, 70 or 72 games that season. And um, goes in the playoffs, gets injured in the first round, playing against the Leafs. They have to rely on John Casey, who haven't, he's only appeared in 10 or so games during the regular season. And again, Plays well, and they lose in seven to Detroit in the conference final. And again, like well, I, I think about it a lot, where like, hey, what would happen if they didn't use uh, Grant Fear and he didn't get injured in that round against Toronto that season? They may have. They had Gretzky. They had Brett Hall. They had a lot of good pieces on that team, where goaltending would have definitely helped them. And if we look at this. We see like Frederick Anderson playing uh, when he was with the Leafs. He played a long uh, tenure, maybe tired after the first round series against Boston back to back. You never know. But again, goalies, teams need to rely, have make more tandems rather than rely on singular goalies to uh, carry the load. And it's becoming more and more effective to where. You need to have, like, again, you need to be athletic to be an NHL player. And if you're relying, if you're using too much energy, relying on one goalie to make saves, it's not going to be a good end run for your team if you're trying to win a Stanley Cup.
0: I'm intrigued to see what happens, at the very least. I mean, I think Endo's on to something. Peter Mrazek, he is under contract, by the way. Until the end of 2024 at 3.8 million. Huh. Yeah, he gone. And you know who's got to get
1: paid this year? Jack Campbell's gotta get paid. They already signed Joe Wall to a three-year extension at a roughly 2.75 million over the next three years. Mm-hmm. So it's like just under a mil just to play under the league. The writing is like clearly right there, saying that they're gonna move Joseph. They're gonna move Joe Wall off and have him as a backup. Whether or not they bring another guy in and take a less of a player to put a third goalie in there, who knows? The big, the big idea would be to do that and grab another player, grab another goalie, so that way Joseph Walt gets less ice time, but still gets the NHL mentoring experience. That could be big. I think that's definitely what they need to do. But their big thing this offseason, whether or not they make it past the first round or not, is making sure Jack Campbell gets signed to a deal and making sure that they still have enough money left over to make sure they can grab another goaltender just to have on like a league minimum deal. Because th- that's basically where, where it's at right now. They have enough depth. They have enough depth to sign anybody and everybody in that organization to call them up Their Their whole thing was having this, their big top five making like more than half of the contract and the payroll. It's, it's getting ridiculous to the point that now they don't have any money to spend everywhere else. You're going to have to basically play it as if you're playing NHL and max out everything on the on the big guys. Keep them around as long as possible because we all know Austin Matthews is probably going to go to Arizona after his contract expires. That's the big rumor that's been around for a while. I, I really doubt it, but they need to get past the first round. Or else he, I think he's definitely going to go over there. But they need to figure out that cap management because he put himself in a weird situation. I think this is the last year that the Phil Kessel contracts off the books. I'm not sure. I think it's either this year or next year. But that would also help with the cap situation. They could grab some more LTIR players. You know, do Dubas' weird cap management. He's done well. Uh, He'll definitely have more money uh, coming into this season than before. So I can't wait to see what he's going to do with it. The the Nick Ritchie signing was a gamble because he could have been great. I I didn't think he was going to play well in this system because it's not really like a bruiser style. It's more finesse and playmaking than a Boston-style kind of play. And I think him going over to uh, Arizona is a big deal for them because that way they can still have a guy who can go out and do those proper plays and still have some grit to that team as well.
2: Indeed, it is... No, go ahead. Sorry.
0: The last. I was gonna say, indeed, it is the last year of uh, Phil Kessel being on the books at Bam. 1.2 million for the Leafs. Too. There you go. There you go.
2: So we saw Did- last night. Uh, what was it? It was um, Muzzin going down with an injury, running into. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, what was it Redmond? And that's another big. Why well, he's had a couple of those injuries, and it's I don't know. I don't know what to say. injuries. Yeah. yeah. It's tough to see. He's, he's had a great, he's had a pretty good career, but I mean, when you get those blows to the, to the head, it's, I don't know how much more he can take.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at Shea Weber right now. He's, he's basically retired because uh, mm. of I mean, his situation with his injuries. It's, it's freak accidents. That's, that's, unfortunately, well, yeah. that's hockey. He's been on yeah. the receiving end of a lot of, the, a lot of those his career, especially with Toronto, notably. Because uh, the style of hockey that he plays, when he's he's a, he's basically an essential part of that defense. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's hard to find defensemen that are like that anymore. Uh, a lot of them are more finesse and playmaking and stuff like that. It's hard to find a stay down hunker defenseman. And I don't think there's not even a lot of that in this draft in the first round. Uh, there are a lot of them who are the second and third, but they're giving up that second and third pick. For the future, uh, I'd be surprised if the Leafs keep their first-round pick this year. Again, because they've traded it so many times at the deadline or before the deadline. Fingers crossed Kyle actually keeps it this time.
0: We mentioned the Leafs by saying that they got pooped on by the Habs. And for the Habs, not only have they won two in a row for the first time this season, they've now won three in a row for the first time this season after beating the Leafs. They finally had double digits and wins on the year. They were the last team to do that. Andrew Hammond uh, won his first game, I believe, against the Islanders. It was his first win since April 9th of 2016. Josh Anderson became the first double-digit goal scorer. His name apparently in trade talks, despite his contract. I don't know if I believe that. And then up mentioned him. Uh, it's a good thing Sin's not here, because he might be eating his words right now. Old Cole, should we call him Goal, Caulfield? Uh, In his first 30 games this season, one goal, four assists. In his last six games, five goals, four assists. So from five points in 30 games to nine in his last six. Uh, As mentioned, they also brought in uh, Vinny LeCavalier. Uh, And it was also revealed that they didn't have a a skills coach or an in-house analytics department. So, what, what have we learned about the Habs? In terms of that front office stuff, despite having the most valuable franchise, arguably, in hockey... Uh, The front office, the ownership, penny pinchers. Yeah. And you wonder why they haven't won since 93. Yeah. Just fat and happy instead of actually winning a cup and bringing in more money than you could ever possibly save. Makes no sense to me, but hey, I'm not the billionaire here. In terms of coaching, though, man, what can you say about Martin St. Louis at this point? My God. Like, just the idea of... Let uh, a coach just letting a player play the way they want to play the way that they're the best at playing and not trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Imagine being successful that way. I'm stunned. I tell you stunned. Yeah, I mean, a lot that's,
1: of. oh, go ahead.
2: Lot of, I don't know if the sides where players like they don't mind playing with a coach that has a system. But then you have it, there's two sides of the coin where you do have and you don't, and um, I I think in Montreal's case they needed a change and Marty was uh he's a players coach he's been there before and he knows exactly what uh, what uh what what being in a system is like and he he's reached out and he's apparently made it uh, Montreal made these uh, his players realize that they don't have to be forced to uh, get their, their potential stymied by these systems. And apparently it's working to where they're winning three games in a row and looking like they could possibly do something. And it's, I mean, it was a coaching change that we were probably ex- maybe expecting. But I don't know. I think it's a good good choice for Montreal right now in this moment. We'll see how it carries on for the rest of the season, but again, it's uh i I like Marty as the coach. It's a good possibility that they could uh turn it around, but uh we'll see And uh, oh yeah, any thoughts say, um, on the haps? the
1: playing style over in Laval because uh, notice he was like a point per game when he was playing with Lav- with Laval rocket, which is the AHL affiliate mm-hmm. their their style of hockey is very freewheeling and like you can't i I say freewheeling in the sense of like they know what their player types are and that organization's been really really well um the 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 habs up to this point were kind of just fucking system all that old-fashioned you know don't change the light bulb remember how good that light bulb used to be and how great it was and what could have been and all that I'm glad that they're modernizing everything there because like Quebec, it's still kind of in the past a little bit. Um, They're getting there. They're moving up. I'm glad to see them to be successful. And a bunch of buddies of mine are actually over in Montreal, I think right now, to go watch one of the the games. Good to see. Uh, Yeah.
0: Last thing I wanted to talk about here today to wrap up this show Brad Marchand's suspension was upheld. Now, November of 2021, Brad Marchand had this to say when he kind of got into it with Artemi Panarin. Marchand said, and I quote, I said, no one in Russia likes him. If that's, what the, if that's what sets the guy over the edge, then this is the softest league in the world. February of 2022, Brad Marchand testified in his hearing that the comment Jari made that set him off was... How about that fucking save?
1: Dude, how soft can you be?
0: He'll never live this down.
1: He'll, he'll never <laughs> live it down, yeah. I, I think it's funny because, you know, just like not even that like far off, like four months later, less than four months later, this happens to him after his his comments about, about uh, Panarin. Like, <sighs> come on. You can't write this
0: he will never live it down. Yeah, <laughs> like the the aura of Brad Marchand, if it even existed anymore, is 100% gone because he got upset because Tristan Jari said, "How about that save?" It's rough. Yep,
2: it's uh, it's out of his character. Boy, isn't it? <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Oh, God. Well, with that, boys, we'll get out of here because while I can feel my face now after going to the dentist today, I'm now officially in the pain portion of the recovery process. So, hooray for that. But I thank you both for being here, especially Davos. took the pressure off of me on a day that I really needed it. Uh, and we'll have to have you back. Hey, every other Tuesday is open. Maybe we get Davos here a little bit more often. All right. I'd be up for it. Thank you, guys. <laughs>
2: yeah. It was a pleasure. But, a pleasure being on board the Toogie's Sake podcast.
0: Yeah, now you can uh, hear Davos often on streams of my own, of course, because hey, uh, that's you know we, we play games often, but of course he is on twitch.tv forward slash Davoscast. That is D A V O S C A S T. Davoscast. You can follow him as well. I mean, man, if you see uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets esports org running streams or the the San Jose Sharks and what they're doing, he's here, there, and everywhere. Davos. You're beautiful. That's the only <laughs> thing I can end this show. Around. You're a beautiful
2: man. He says it every we time. Were... Every time I hop in, it never gets old. I don't know. I feel once I get old, I might not be beautiful. I don't know.
0: I I think I'm the only... How? Okay, now hold on. Here's the thing. Am I the old man of this stream, uh, of this cast? Because normally, normally it's sin. Am I the old man here?
2: Um... Uh... I, I I don't know. You tell much.
0: Me. <laughs> I am turning twenty-eight years old in two days.
2: Uh you are not the oldest. Because I am yes. already twenty-eight. Youth
0: hey. oh. Youth is on my
2: side. I got you beat by a few months.
0: There you go. There you go. Goodness gracious. Uh, Endo, what do you got going on between 17,000 different old school games?
2: Um,
1: whatever uh, I can use on my GameCube uh, or GameCube uh, Doing a lot more classic games, uh, just going back to games I played in my childhood Tried to play Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. I ah, couldn't really get into it. Too much stuff, too much narrative stuff, I think. I don't think I can do a lot of narrative stuff on stream because I just want to fall asleep after. That's just me <laughs> Uh, you, maybe maybe that's the, to the question you guys had earlier. Uh, <laughs> in regards of viewership, no. In regards to my uh, attention span, <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a lot of Kirby <laughs> Air Ride. Uh, I'm thinking one day I'm just gonna do a giant gauntlet where I go through all of City Trial and try to unlock everything in like a, in like a like a what's it like a sub like a subathon, or I just try to beat the entire game of Kirby Air Ride in City mm. Trial. In fact, I have friends come over and play that. Uh, via Parsec. Parsec, pals! Hey, I had to mention that. Yeah, a mini-series that I'm doing. Hopefully, I'm actually going to put it on YouTube, if not just record it and just have it on my hard drive. Uh, I remember the memories of that day. Uh, It's a series I'm going to be doing where I play a bunch of classic games that couldn't be played online, but now can be played online thanks to uh, -to peer-to-peer connections and stuff like that. So I can finally play games like Super Mario Strikers. I can play... Uh, Mario Golf. Mario Party. Oh, we're doing Mario Party. Like full flat out we're doing Mario Party.
2: But All which one <laughs> what which one's the best one though? Mario Party Mario six. Party two.
0: Two. Easily. Two?
1: Two. Okay, I, I can I can set I up can, two. For
2: I us. can see why. Two two was uh for the sixty four was definitely oh, yeah, one of the six, pinnacle or. pinnacle. I mean, if we're talking GameCube, I can definitely see five or six.
1: Yeah. I think I like six because of the there's a meme cover art where it was like fuck you six and it said like if you grab that star I'm gonna punch you in your throat and something like that. <laughs> oh, I, I gotta up. God right. Mario friends,
2: Party yeah. Friends don't let friends beat each other in Mario Party.
0: <laughs> friends don't play Mario Party with other friends if they wanna stay friends.
2: I still remember that one time you stole that star from me, Toogie.
0: Yeah. That's true. It happened. It was a lovely off-stream session of Mario Party. We'll allow Endo a second to, you know, he'll they'll post this meme on Twitter. Let's be honest. That's there what he go. does. Yeah. Again, you can follow him on Twitter, at Endo Mills, because sometimes he forgets that most people listen to this via audio, but you know what? Right. That's okay. I keep uh,
1: forgetting. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's it's Fuck You 6, the game that ruins friendships. If you steal my star, I will punch you in the goddamn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo GameCube might conclude it so you can visibly yell at your friends about that your frustrations
0: We'll see you this Friday everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for <laughs> listening. We'll catch you later